I'm going to hand over to Dave, who's going to come and speak, or do something anyway. He's got a Lego bag with him, so he's come perhaps to play. Good morning, everybody. Can I just sort myself out? Uh, in the meantime, um, it wasn't quite my plan, but Justin is going to supervise his two boys, because I have an experiment that I'm trying to conduct, which is that um, there are two lots of Lego. One child, I don't know which one it is, can use the, the plan and the picture and the Lego, and the other one can just make what he wants. Okay? And uh, they were supposed to start now, but actually they started <laughs> before the, the meeting began, which is fine, because they've got a bit of a head start, which is probably even better for me. So whilst they're doing that, I want... Oh, can somebody... Just help me with that, because so, otherwise I'm going to trip over something. Okay, I just want it in, in the front there, Dave. Thanks. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so who's doing the one with the, with the plan, Justin? Ruben's doing the one with the plan. And uh, who's doing the one without the plan? Isaac's doing the one without the plan. Okay, that's great. And I'll come back to that later on. Now, a number of people have asked me in the past um, about apologetics. Now, I do apologetics for those who are visitors with our teenagers. Um, and they will all know very well my first joke, which is apologetics is not about how to be good at apologizing for being a Christian. <laughs> it might sometimes feel like that, but it isn't. It is actually, uh, if I can have my first scripture up. That's not my phone either. Okay. I'm entirely in Justin's hands, which is not a bad place to be. Um, but there's a scripture, which I'm sure you will be familiar with, in 1 Peter uh, 3, verse 16, which says, 15. This is in the Amplified Version, which is for those who are hard of hearing. But in the hearts... Set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging and giving him first place in your lives as Lord. So that is set apart as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And I, so that is what I want to, first of all, start at uh, today. Um, there's a, it, it will only be a very short talk. Um, there are three basic questions that people have who are, I think we've all had them, uh, and those who are not Christians will have them. Uh, sorry, there are two questions. Uh, one, time, one is, when is this going to end? But the first one 
is, is there a God? The second one is, can I trust him? You can put all the other questions like, I don't know, suffering or what about homosexuality into, can I trust God? And things like evolution and science into the category of, is there a God? So I want to address part of the, the first question, which is, is there a God? And I want to equip you to be able to help people um, answer that question for themselves who are not Christians. Now, I need two more volunteers. Can I have two girls? Yes. Come on, Emily. Now, I have here, I'm not going to bandage you today. I need somebody else. I need one more. I don't bite unless I'm hungry. I need a girl. That sounds inappropriate, but... uh, (laughs) Come on in, Rebecca. Okay. Um, Now, there are some people in the audience who I've already primed with... 20 pound notes primed not bribed I please note so please hold those up very high now oh, they're good they're good 20 pound notes aren't they right now I have here I have a Haribo star mix I have some starbursts and two packets of fruitellas who likes fruitellas I think right could you go and give that well, exchange that for my £20 note with Chris. <laughs> Keep holding those £20 notes up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, anyone like Haribo's? Oh, Jill, I can see. Rebecca, could you go and do an exchange with that? It's working well so far. Helen, do you like Starburst or Fritellas? Starburst. Okay, Emily, go and get my £20 back. And Roger, you've got Fritellas, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Rebecca, go and do the business for me on that. Okay. So, I have here... I need your help, you too. Are you any good at maths, Emily? Are you any good at maths? Sometimes. Sometimes you're good at maths. Actually, can I have your mic, Phil? I hope I don't get feedback from this. So, um, you're reasonably good at maths. Okay? Now, Rebecca, can you see how many 20-pound notes we got here as well? Yes. How many we got? And 4 times 20 is? 80. 80. That's very good. Now, does anybody disagree with that? None of you are brave enough to anyway, are you? No, I know. Okay, now, imagine, this is, a, this is something that C.S. Lewis uh, used as a, as a way to describe this. So, I'm now, did I say I was going to? cover you up something. I, d- I promised that I wouldn't. Well, actually, I'm, I lied. I'm going to. 
Now you've got to... Pre- <laughs> no, you don't need to. What you've got to do, Emily, is you've got to pretend to be asleep. Okay, so I, here we are. I'm going to put those over you. Now you've got to pretend to be asleep. Okay, now, are you a good sleeper, Emily? Very good. Can we just prove that? Chris and Carly never trust her again if, she thinks, if you think she's asleep. Okay, like this, wake her up. Wake up. Right. Now, how many 20-pound notes did we gather up? Four. Four times 20 is, is 80. Um, now, when you've woken up, you then go and you look to see where are all my 20-pound notes. And how many have you got now? Three. How many is that? How much is that? 60. 60. So what has happened to one of those 20-pound notes? You've either taken it or lost it. That's two, <laughs> yeah. Now, do you want to go and sit down now? That's great. I'll let my 20 pound note off for you though later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, two conclusions that you could come to. One is that the money has been stolen or I've lost it. But would anybody say, actually, the laws of mathematics have changed? Nathan, you weren't going to say yes, were you? No, no. Does anybody think that the laws of mathematics could possibly be changed so that three 20-pound notes still make 80? Leslie's laughing. I think she's thinking, actually, my math isn't that good. It might get to that point. (laughs) Okay, so... C.S. Lewis said, when people question whether there is a God, they've got to look at whether there has been some sort of interference in creation. Could we have the, the second verse up, please? Okay. One of the most controversial verses in the Bible is this one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, for us, that's not particularly controversial. But for people who uh, don't believe in Jesus, that is the first two verses of the Bible. That is a challenge. Because it is saying, there is a God. He created all of this. And when we look at things, we look at uh, creation, there are some fantastic things that we would um, look at. I always think that the way that water is designed, um, the way that the density of water goes as it's warm, as it goes plummets down to when it gets to four degrees, it gets to its densest. And then it gets 
less dense as it gets to three and two and one and freezes. Now, I don't think there are any other liquids that do that. Now, does anybody know why that happens? You all need to go back to school, don't you? <laughs> what happens if you've got, how many people have got fish in their ponds? How many people have got ponds? Yeah, some people at the back, okay. Uh, what happens when it's, when, it, when it's cold, when it freezes? You get ice on the top. But at the bottom, so you get this layer of ice on the top, but at the bottom, you've got water, which is the, the water that is at four degrees, so that the fish can survive. So you have ice on the top because it's risen, because it's less dense. But the fish can still swim around. I mean, if you get a really, really cold and a very thin uh, amount of water in your pond, you might, all of your fish might die. But that, to me shows that there is a designer behind creation. It doesn't happen by coincidence. Um, <clears throat> there was one thing I was going to ask you about. Does anybody know, I, I talked about C.S. Lewis. Does anybody know what CS, who C.S. Lewis was? Maggie's nodding. What was he? He was an author, yes. That wasn't his main job, to be honest. Susie. Yeah, and he also did something else as well. Anybody else? He was a professor. He was a theologian. Anybody know what a theologian is? Yes. Somebody who studies theology. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that wasn't quite the helpful thing I was looking for. Um, anyone know what theology is? The study of God. The study of God. Theology is the study of God. Anyone know what, how you would define science? The study of God in his creation. There should be no argument between science and theology because theology is about studying God and his interaction with, with his creation, with his, with his people. And science is a study of what God has created. Just a little tidbit I'm giving you to, to use to explain to people uh, when, when you have these discussions. Uh, and that's why... I like reading about the, uh, C.S. Lewis, his books, because he has that understanding of trying to explain how God has interacted with his creation. <clears throat> so how do you explain? My dad says to me, when I talk to him on the phone, because my dad is not a Christian, he says, you don't believe all those fairy tales in the Bible, do you? My flesh crawls. And I want to reach down a few hundred miles and grab him by the throat and say, be blessed in Jesus' name. But how do you explain miracles in, in, uh, in the Bible? 
For instance, I think we sang a song uh, this morning that talked about the waters parting and us and people walking straight through it. How do you explain that to someone? It is God coming in to his creation. Uh, how do you explain the virgin birth? It was God coming in to his creation. How do we explain Jesus coming from rising from the dead? It is God intervening in his creation to save us. Isn't that a wonderful thing? <clears throat> um, one of the, uh, the, the prime movers of uh, atheism in this, in this world is a guy called uh, Richard Dawkins. Uh, don't f- confuse him with Stephen Hawking. They are two very different people. They have similar views in some ways, but they are two very, very different people. Richard Dawkins is a professor, I believe, of bio- biology. He is a very uh, um, anti-God atheist. However, he is considered to be on the soft atheist wing of atheism, uh, believe it or not. And he was asked in, a, in an interview some uh, years ago about um, intelligent design. And his conclusion is that, uh, that he, dis- he had uh, studied these things and he had discovered yet there could be a mind behind creation. There could be somebody who has designed things like water, like bees, like trees. They're all fantastic designs. And the, and the, the interviewer, who's a Christian, said, this is unbelievable. I, I didn't realize that you would come to the conclusion that there is actually intelligent design behind creation. How do you square that with your, your lack of faith in a God? He said, well, I don't believe in God. I believe that there must be some aliens out there uh, who have evolved to such a point that they can send us and create us. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... You know, we have very strong arguments. Let us not be put down by those. I'll show you the video another time. Because it is is quite eye-opening. That that is the level of argument that people are raising to say there is no God. You look around. Look at creation. When you talk to people, say, you know, how did this happen? Is it just by an an explosion? You know, um, if you take something like an aeroplane, I, I work uh, for a, a machinery manufacturer, a co-rotating twin screw extruder machinery <laughs> company, which I always have to get in in every single talk that I give. And I sold a machine some years ago for uh, making the glue for the wings for the Airbus 380. So I don't know if, Dave and Jill, you are flying on an Airbus 380, but it is held together with glue. And 
the accuracy of that glue and how you process it and the temperatures are so fine that if you if you had they had they insisted that we guaranteed that the temperature should be uh, 92.5 degrees plus zero minus 0.5 degree if it was more than that if it was plus 0.2 scrap we didn't get our money and, the, and the, no doubt the plane would fall out of the sky that is being designed by humans how much more the incredible designs of every single thing that we have and there wasn't just one or two people who were involved in this design there were teams of people on, a, on another uh, project that I deal with and I have sat in meetings for four hours where they discuss scratching dashboards endlessly and there are about 50 people who are involved in the science of how you scratch a dashboard and it doesn't look too bad and they spend a, about half a million pounds on that I mean it was a boring meeting <laughs> But that is the level of detail that we have to go to to make things work, to make things succeed. How much more detail is there in, in this natural world that we have? <coughs> there, by the way, does anybody know who invented the aeroplane? Or the first one to fly? It was the Wright brothers, yeah. I, I can remember one was called Orville, but I can't remember what the other one was called. Wilbur, that's it, yes. Thank you. It's been bugging me all night. <laughs> yeah, okay. I couldn't be bothered. It was, I was lying in bed. I wasn't going to get up to, to, to find out Wilbur. Okay. Um, now let's have a look and see how these two have got on down here. Oh, by the way, hand those sweets out, by the way. I hope they... they oh, come on, come on. Here we go. Let's have a look. So, uh, which one's this, Justin? Is this, is this one where we've... Is this one with the plan? <laughs> okay, this is the one where we had the plan. Can you all see that? This is our new technology, our new tool, our new toy that we are playing with. Okay, and this is the one without the plan, isn't it? Okay. Now, where's my box? That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Could you just look at that? So that is what it looks like on the box. And that is what it looks like from it being made. 
Fantastic. Now, um, the, the other one, which is the more challenging one, in many ways, was no plan, no box, just a pile of bits. Made something. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well done. Well done. That's, that's good. It's a skateboard, is it? Cool. Could I have my third and final scripture up, please? <laughs> this is all practice. This is all practice for Christmas, isn't it? I'm going to use the scripture. Uh, this is where I'm going to be slightly dangerous and prophetic. Um, I, f- I felt God say to me, use this scripture uh, in Jeremiah 29, which is, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And then in these days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. And I want to use that, those two Lego examples. Uh, God has said that I have a plan for you. Uh, when he gives us that plan, we can build something. We can build something that he has in mind. He has designed. But so often, you know, when I, before I became a Christian, I had my gifts, I had my uh, things that I liked to do, and I tried to build my life in that way. I didn't have a plan except my own plan. And it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't the best plan for us. It wasn't the best plan for me. So what I feel God is saying is that we should look, and as it says there, where we, when we seek him, we will find him. He will give us his plan. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, You know, this is important. You have a plan for your lives as individuals. Seek God for them. He's not going to give you something that is horrible. He's going to give you something that will give you hope and a future. It may not be what you actually think you want to do, but it will actually be better, even though you might might not think that at the time. This is a very important lesson, I hope, that you will pick up today uh, from me. Because um, I, I, was, I had this in my, in my head for the last few, few weeks, and I was walking, I thought it was purely uh, that I would talk to, this, talk to you about this on an individual basis. Because that's how we so often apply that scripture as for me. But it is actually, if we look at the context of, the, of that scripture and the whole of Jeremiah's life, he was writing to the, the, um, 
the Jewish people, the Hebrews who were in exile. He wasn't writing to, to Phil or Carly. or He was writing to the whole nation. That scripture applies to the whole nation. And I feel he is saying, I am applying that to you as a church. Because as a church, and that means those of you in Explore and Extreme and in Tot Zone and in Kid Zone, it is everybody. Because it is not a five-minute plan. In fact, if you read before that, it talks about 70 years. Well, it, I, I'm not putting any time on it in, in that way. But it, it, is, it is a plan that God has for the future, for many years ahead, for us as a church. And it says we should seek him. And when we seek him, we will find him. And those of you who are at the family meeting on, on Tuesday, we're in a changing phase. We're in a transition. We need to seek God. We have a plan. Dave and Jill and a number of us have sought God and we have a plan. But there's a, more, there's a greater development of that plan, if that makes sense. But we are to seek him. And, and I felt as I was walking the dog that God um, showed me that there's a warning. If you remember the story of uh, the, the, uh, the Jewish people when Moses went up to the, uh, the mountain to get the, the Ten Commandments, when he was up there, he was in the presence of God and the others were, had already heard that God was, was moving. They built, out of their gifts, the things they brought together, they made a golden calf. And God hated that. It was an idol. And, I, and this is my uh, challenge uh, on this, is that we are to build with God's plan. It is not to be our good plan, because that will be an idol. And he will be, it will not be best. That will be destroyed. What he's looking for us to seek is for him, for this plan. So I hope that uh, challenges you. Uh, but I hope it also encourages you that God is saying that he has a plan for us. There is something that we can seek and find for him when we seek very wholeheartedly for him. Okay, so I, just to conclude, I, I hope I've been able to communicate that um, you can explain to people that when things happen, miraculous things happen, it's not just a coincidence. God has intervened in his creation. He doesn't set himself the, the limits of science. He can do what he wants. So when Jesus walked on water, was the, uh, was, uh, the, the water different in those days? No. Was it different after? No. The reason why he came to show us that is that he's saying, I can do things supernaturally. I can intervene in my own creation and do what I want but they are good things. And when we see these things, we can say, that 
is an example of God in creation. And I would just say to you, remember that scripture for God has plans for you. He's going to give us a plan. Part of it is in here. Read this plan. There's a lot of his plan in here. We also have our relationship with him that we can develop that. So should we just stand and I shall pray and then you can finish off all those sweets and have a cup of coffee. So Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have created the heavens and the earth, that you have a plan for us, that you can give us good arguments, Lord. And I pray that we will come with respect and gentleness and kindness to persuade people there is a God in heaven who loves them. And Father, I just pray that you will bless us as a church, Lord, as we seek you in the, uh, for the future, Lord. I pray that you will guide us and, and in, your, in, in our unity, Lord, we will find you and implement your plan, Lord. Father, I ask that now in Jesus' name. Amen.